Welcome to the Small Business Podcast. We bring you weekly information, practical skills, and mentorship from industry professionals. This podcast is powered by T, an initiative that has directly impacted over 50,000 plus small businesses nationwide. This podcast is for small business owners who want to start, run, and grow their business. Follow us on all our social media platforms. Hashtag join us for tea. Every Wednesday is a new podcast. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, man. Uh, you're joining us a brand new week. Uh, sorry, you're joining us a brand new week. And interestingly enough, you know, this is like what the first week of June. And we're kicking it off with an amazing young entrepreneur, a lady who's just killing it in the you know, in the beverage space. And, you know, I think one of the things I found particularly interesting was her use of, and I think it's one of the things I picked up on the document that they sent me about her is it's tea time, right? And this exactly. sort of links up to Township <laughs> Entrepreneurs Alliance. Uh, but I've got in studio for episode 32, um, Zanda Isaacs, who's the founder of Ting Tang. Yes. Such a nice name, actually. Thank you, thank you must tell me a bit more about uh, what what went into sort of developing and creating the brand and the name and, and, the, and that kind of stuff. But she's got, we're here with this amazing lady in studio, maybe, and by way of introduction, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Sure. And oh my gosh. <laughs> how'd you start? <laughs> okay, so as you mentioned, thank you so much for the lovely intro. My name is Zanda Isaacs. Um, originally from Durban, so very much a Zulu girl. Um, but live in Joburg now. I'm based here. Started my company. Honestly speaking, I started selling tea when I was in high school. Um, I've been creating blends my whole life or most of my life at least. My mom was always like a tea person and to cure like our colds or flu or whatever it is, she'd make us tea and they tasted so bad. So <laughs> <laughs> I decided I'm going to like take matters into my own hands and make my own tea. So I started making my own Really started kicking off and like tasting good. My family loved them. Started giving them away to people like at school and stuff. And people started liking them. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to sell them now because I'm just making tea for everyone. Um, and then kind of a few years after that, I was um, decided, like I was just looking into different things. And I, I saw like these detox teas, right? And I really wanted to try them out. Um, but there weren't any available in South Africa. And then like international shipping was a mission. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to create my own detox blend and, and use it for myself. Did that. It worked. Um, so I started selling it again. It worked like everyone was wanting more. So I decided I'm just going to start my own company now. Created an e-commerce store with just that one product. And that's how it started. So Ting Tang is a proudly South African product. Exactly. And you've, you've blended all the blends you've yeah, created. All created by me. How? So, so, so my how is, is, is on the premise of why this industry, right? Because I think when I was growing up, um, I think still today, right, with my sort of limited um, knowledge, right, I always view the production of teas and all this stuff. And it sort of seemed like this mammoth task, right, yeah. that you have to be this, I don't know, super exposed individual to create this. Were you exposed to this particular place or did you just say to yourself, you know what, because this is exactly what I want. I'm going to sort of start to research and, you know, find how I access the market. So I think it's a bit of both. Um, I had a lot of exposure to tea just because of how I grew up and my mom always making teas. And I mean, she wasn't just making like a rope or whatever. It was like she was making her own blends as well. So, I mean, that's where I learned from, like creating and, and curating different blends, seeing what herbs work together. Um, but then for the detox tea part of it and uh, some of the other products I have, a lot of that was kind of, Research, trial and error, testing, um, a lot went into it eventually to get to what it is now. But yeah, it's 
basically it. Yeah, and I mean, what's your what drives you? You know, to wake up every day as an entrepreneur, to stay in the game. You know, entrepreneurship in and itself is not easy. I it's think it's not it, easy. We, we sort of oh it's not necessarily that we glamorize it, but through our social media posts, it seems easy. It seems exactly. glamorous, and we always highlight the good parts. But what has sort of kept you in the game? Sure, that's difficult. I can attribute it to so many things, but I think honestly, the main thing would be my mother. Um, she's been my biggest rock through all of this, and she is a big part of the business as well. And she she's constantly keeping me going, keeping me motivated. On the worst days, she's there to pick me up. Like she's a mom and a business partner. Like who wouldn't want the two together yeah, type yeah. thing? So that's yeah, really that. And what have been some of your, if you've had, I don't know, right? But what have been some of your low moments? Have you had? Oh my gosh, I've had so many. I've had so many. <laughs> so many. Um, one, actually, the most recent was this year. Um, January, February, my sales were at an all-time low, right? And I was coming off of like quite a peak. Funny enough, my business peaked in COVID. Uh, a lot of people wanted tea. A lot of people wanted healthy things, uh, nice things to like, you know, spend their money on. Uh, so I was really doing well, like super, super well during that time. And then January, February, everything just dipped. January is generally my lowest month, but this was, this was like lower than mm, usual. Yeah. So that was extremely hard. Um, sure. I, I, like, honestly, I didn't know what to do. And we did a lot of like market research during that time. Just We had the extra time because we weren't making as many sales and found a new product um, that the market was kind of wanting. Uh, so we worked on that during those two months, three months. And as soon as that product launched, everything just went back up again. So, oh, wow. yeah, it was amazing. But it was really difficult, like, just getting your mind in that space. But once you're there, you have to, like, push out. You have to, you have to figure it out. Mm. There's no other way. So, luckily, again, I do have my mom on board with me. And she really helped with that. Um, and, yeah, now we're good again. <laughs> yeah. Now, just give me an idea, right? Now, <clears throat> what goes into just, I, th I think, just as a basic level right into what 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 sort of what sort of what sort of ingredients sort of go into saying this is the type of tea i'm gonna create or mm. this is the type of product i'm gonna create because mm. i think one of the things that sort of stood out for me was sort of your brand how it looks and how it's applied i think in the ci that i was sent to me and i was mm -hmm. like no it looks good and i looked at the packaging i looked at the social media pages like oh my goodness <laughs> these guys know what they do cool so yeah i mean there's, there's kind of different herbs for different purposes. Yeah. So when I'm making like a calming tea or a calming blend, anything to do with maybe like inflammation, calm, pain loss, ugh, sorry, pain, anything like that, I'll want to use herbs like hawthorn, valeria, chamomile. Those are all like relaxing herbs. They ease pain and do all of that stuff. So if I want to make a energizing blend i'm of course going to use a lot of herbs with caffeine in them because that's where mm. energy comes from if i want to make a weight loss blend i'm gonna use herbs that help with weight loss so like your mate teas your yerbas your green teas you know that's just how it goes so i generally have a base herb or base herbs for every mix and then everything on top is just to add like extra frills and flavor and yeah extra benefits you know i think so i sort of latch on to two things right i think when you sort of opened up the podcast you sort of mentioned how you're a proud zulu girl yes and then over and above that so when i was sort of reading the profile that was sent to me it spoke to how your mother would sort of use um african medicine to to provide healing and i think the beautiful thing the beautiful part i love about that is 
you know, I guess when the Western way of doing things sort of kicked in, I think we sort of, we, and I don't know, my generation and the younger and the sort started, started yeah. to look at African medicine as exactly. it's, it's, it's cheap, evil, it's, it's evil, or exactly. there's nothing healthy about it. But we then started pumping all these unhealthy pharmaceutical products and we cons- continue to consume it, right? And and I think for me, what sort of, what, and I think for me, you know, how how did that sort of journey with your mom sort of drive you to the point where you're a proud African lady who's then developing this proudly South African product and you're proud of being African and this African heritage? Hmm. I think, I mean, that part is not just my mom, but just my, my roots and my family. My family is very, like, rooted in, in their, their morals and their values and their African, like, values. Um and that's definitely a big part of my upbringing. It's still a big part of my family life now. Like we often have just Thanksgiving ceremonies, just just mm. to thank, like about pansy or, you know, my mom will just make um ombo to just because there's no reason, there's no imbi. It's just because she wants to make um ombo and give thanks. So my my whole life has really just been surrounded by that and surrounded by it like natural things, nature. I I was went to a farm school in high school. I was, my school is on a farm, <laughs> interestingly. So, um, yeah, I've always just been around nature, around Africanism, and it's it's a big part of me. I've also, of course, you can hear how I speak, even a lot of Western and how I dress. Not like I dress in, like, African print now. I'm very much like a modern girl, but I very, I hold my, my African roots very high. Yeah. And, I mean, <clears throat> when, you sort of, when you sort of look at your entrepreneurial journey, when did the bug... I mean, before the tea, was there other stuff that you were doing? You know, was because for me, sort of seems like this entrepreneurial spirit is sort of spurred by the ingenuity and creativity yeah. of your mother. Um, but before that, was the other stuff that you were sort of selling? And you know, how how and when did it bite? I started selling also like in grade three or something. What? But I mean, no way. it wasn't anything big. I was selling. Um, I don't know if you remember them. There were these jelly, these balls, these round yeah, yeah, balls yeah. of jelly, and you put them in water and yeah. they grow. Um, and they were like this big trend at my school at the time. There was a place near my house where you got them super cheap. So I and I like I got my mom and I was like, please invest like just a hundred rand in me. I just need a hundred rand. Uh, she gave me a hundred rand and I bought a whole lot of that stuff and I just started selling them. I like doubled the price, which was still quite cheap. Um, doubled the price and started selling them at school until they told me I can't sell at school anymore because it's mm. against the rules. But uh, that's where it started. I sold stickers after that. I think I've been selling truly like my whole life. Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> started with those jelly thingies. And I mean, you know, I think one of the key, one of the things about being an entrepreneur and I guess selling as well is an aspect of selling is the other side of it, I think, which is sometimes more consistent when you start is the rejection. How do yeah. you deal with rejection, right? You you sort of you sort of hone in tunnel vision on this opportunity and sometimes it's a big opportunity. So you spend days filling in the all these application forms, mm-hmm. you send them out, you sort of feel like you have done my part, and then you come back and you get an email saying, yeah. We regret to inform you. Yeah. You know, how do you sort of work around that? Because I'll tell you with me, right? Till mm-hmm. today, I mean I've been I've been doing I've been I've been I've been an entrepreneur now, I think in August sixteen years. Um, since grade nine, right? Oh my my husband. So, and, and when I sort of look back till today, it sort of kicks you, right? Yeah. It sort of feels like a knee-jerk reaction, a horse kick to the chest. How do you navigate that? Is there a certain formula to just feel, you know, just hmm. live it? I think I've almost become desensitized to the rejection. Yeah. Um, just because of how often you're going to get it. Get used yeah. to it. Like, it's <laughs> life. My mom always says, like, 
this is the world. This is the earth. You're going to get rejection. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be nice, but it is what it is. And I think, um, I mean, when I was younger, I used to do like castings and stuff like that for ads and, and things like that. And I really got used to rejection there because there they're not just rejection, rejecting like your product or your business. They're literally rejecting you as a person, telling you that you are not good enough as a person. So once um, I learned that I was and I got confidence in myself and realized that I am good enough as a person, anything around me, I realized <coughs> that's your decision and not mine. Like mm. I just didn't fit the bill yeah. for that exact thing. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, in what you've built and what you've achieved, um, do you sometimes sort of sit in spaces where people are consuming your product? Um, you've shared platforms with amazing people and you sit there and you're like, sure, the imposter syndrome kicks in. Yes. What's, what is Xander doing here? Yes. Do I even deserve to be that here? That happens so often. <laughs> oh my word. Oh, it's so bad. There was a time, even when I started my business, oh my gosh, so embarrassing. When I started my business and those sort of things would happen, I literally, I even started changing like the way I dress and the way I talk. Like I'd get into like rooms now and wearing like a, a suit or a, a, mm, whatever mm. you call it, like a pencil skirt, something that's not me. Like I've always been very comfy, very cozy. So, and it, you, you feel uncomfortable. Like, you literally, like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be wearing this. Like, everything about this feels wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst feeling. Like, I feel like they can sense it as well because you're yeah, just not being true to yourself. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, as soon as you learn to be true to yourself, you realize that people ugh, people don't care about how you look or how old you are. Or what it's, it's really about the, like, the value you hold and, and the content you bring to the table. So, yeah, once you become really, like, comf- comfortable in your skin, I think you, you like, I've become really comfortable now. I'm, I'm much better than I was yeah. <laughs> a few years ago. And I mean, different entrepreneurs sort of attribute, not, I won't even say attribute their success. I think that would be a wrong question. But different entrepreneurs sort of manage their days and their times in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So to others, it's a to-do list. To another, I've got an amazing morning routine. To another, I jog. Um, yeah. Do you believe in such? And what do you sort of do to sort of get your mind in the day? So definitely I feel like as an entrepreneur, you're already doing a lot of things. So <laughs> you need to be very organized. Um, I definitely have a to-do list. But one of my, the thing that helps me the most is time blocking. Um, I actually learned from it from learned of it from another entrepreneur. Uh, it's basically where you're like, cool. Um, the nice thing about being an entrepreneur is you can do whatever you want. You can manage yeah. your day however you want. Yeah. You don't have to have a nine to five or whatever. So I can wake up at six, um, start my day. I'll go to gym shower get ready by eight o'clock i'm working then from eight to twelve i work um from 12 to like 5 p.m i relax i can go out for lunch i can do whatever i want and then i start working again around five to like eight um that's really just like admin doing emails and answering people that like message me during the day and then i chill at like 8 p.m so mm. that's pretty much how I manage my, my day. I, I, like, I really block out time and I stick to it so that I know I only have this much time. There's a saying that says, the longer you, you have to do something, the longer it will take. Mm. So, and that's so true. Like, mm. If you give yourself two weeks to do an assignment, it's going to take you two weeks. But if you give yourself two days, you'll probably still finish it. Mm. So I'm very intentional about my time and what I do in it. And yeah, it helps me a lot. It's very good for productivity. But you still feel like you have time to relax. Yeah. Side note, what's your favorite tea? Of all the teas. That of you, my teas? Yeah, of your teas. Ooh. No, not anyone's teas. <laughs> <laughs> so the no. battle of the teas. Ooh, that's such a hard one. <laughs> oh, my word. I've got two favorites. <laughs> okay, yeah. flavor-wise, my favorite will be Calm. Okay. It's just yummy and minty and super nice. But then 
Other than that, my favorite favorite will be glow, just because everyone wants to glow. Guys. <laughs> everyone wants to look nice. <laughs> nah, yeah. nah, I like that. So the name Ting Tang, such a cool name. It's catchy. Thank you. You remember it. It rolls off your tongue. How'd you come up with the name? I wish I had a beautiful big story, but I don't. <laughs> it was something similar to what you're saying, very memorable. So um, I was just working through some names for my company that I liked, and I was reading them out to people. Like I had a, um, I think we had family over that day. So I'm reading them out, cool, and I get to Ting Tang, and they're all like, that one. So I was like, okay, read them out. I had, they had, there was another one, um, forgot what it was, and they were like, oh, maybe that one. So I was like, cool, let's just leave it. And then a few hours after that, I was like, cool, guys, which name do you like again? Which one was your favorite? And most people remembered Ting Tang. So I was like, okay, that's clearly the memorable one. So... Mm. That's the name I'll go with. And I think to to anyone who's, who's to any entrepreneur, anyone who's listening to this podcast, that right there is a formula to actually, you know, to utilize in developing a name because yeah. it's, it's 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 got elements of market research where you've got a market True. you've researched, yeah. you you've actually put names out and you're sampling. And thank you so much for bringing it out as basic as that. Now, one of the things I love, right? Um, so I definitely love women. And I think I'll quantify this, right? I love women. I love women who I think in and itself, you know, who are able to pioneer and champion. Because, you know, one of the things that I always picked up is anytime I was going to pitch a product yeah. um, or pitching our service or pitching anything new, it was you know, the people who were the amazing drivers for these large organizations were the decision makers in anything that we we're going to pitch is we're women. Oh. And and I've always seen that women, you know, have always been at the forefront, but never got the, but never True. got the awards, have got never yeah. got the accolades, and it takes a lot of confidence for you to stand up and say, "I'm gonna be counted." Right? Yeah. Where did that confidence sort of come from to say, you know, what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit in the backdrop. I'm actually gonna sit in the forefront. I'm choosing to go to the forefront, and I'm gonna be committed. But over and above being committed, mm. I'm gonna be confident enough to put my hand up and say, exactly. "I wanna show myself in this space, and I'm gonna take over this space." Yeah, sure. That one has really been a journey. I mean, when I started this company, I was I was about nineteen, twenty. Um, so fresh out of high school, cute little girl that didn't know what the world was. And <laughs> Uh, it was just so hard. I felt like every time I'd walk into a space, people wouldn't take me seriously. They'd be like, oh, who, who's this like little girl? What is she doing here? Like, she doesn't know anything. Mm. Um, and that was very hard. I, oh, I, that, and I think that's where the imposter syndrome also came from. And that's why I started dressing like different, to, to look a bit older, look a bit different, look a bit more business. Um, so overcoming that, I mean, I, I still am. I do still feel sometimes like, oh my gosh, I'm just a female and there's 10 men in this room. Mm. Who am I? Like, they're, they're obviously everyone's going to want to like gravitate towards them because they're the powerful ones. They're, they're the men in the room, which is um, really bad thinking from my end, but yeah. I guess society's end as well. So honestly speaking, I am still working through that. Um, Confidence-wise, where does that confidence come from? <laughs> I can't even tell you. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. It's a lot of just trial and error. I mean, if you had an opportunity, and you sort of look at how your entrepreneurial journey started, right? And you had an opportunity to advise the early entrepreneur you, what would you tell them to do more of or to do less of? The first thing I'll say is they must start. Yeah. Whatever the idea they have or whatever it is, just start. Like, mm. and you're gonna mm. get like to the final destination over time you know i feel like a lot of us including myself 
feel like we have to be perfect or this idea I have must be like on the mark for it to go out or like everything must just be 100%. And that's just not the case. That's not how products are built. That's not how businesses are built. That's not how even how people are built, you know. Um, it's like think of a child, a baby that just starts walking. Uh, they're going to take their first few steps. They're going to fall. They're going to take their stand up again, take a few steps, fall until they start walking. Um, and it's such a natural thing for them. They're never like, oh my gosh, I failed. I'm never going to walk again, you know. They're always like, oh, I failed, but I'm going to try again. Like, they're actually excited to try again. And I think that that's the mindset that entrepreneurs need to have, you mm. know. Never mm. be afraid to, to, to go for it, but also don't be afraid to try again because you most likely will fail the first few times um, in different ways. And that's okay. That's part of the process. That's how you grow. And that, that's just how the journey goes. Now, one of the cornerstones of growing as an entrepreneur, even growing your business, is getting, you know, mentorship and coaching. Yeah. Do you have a mentor, I someone do. you sort of regard as a mentor or mentors? And how do you sort of navigate that relationship? So I have, I'll say a few mentors. Um, my family, I've got a very strong family of women. My sisters and my mom are definitely my mentors. I'm a last born, so... A lot of business things, I consult them. Um, and they're also like more of an emotional sounding board. So they understand like what's going on in my life and in my business and, and how to help me in that way. And then I have more of a professional mentor who's really just about the business. Um, of course, we still speak about like personal things, but m mostly um, the business. And I must shout out the SAB Foundation for Tola. Mm. Um, I got my mm. professional mentor through them. And she's honestly incredible. Uh, she helps me through everything. Things that you won't see as an individual. I think as entrepreneurs, we're often just like boxed in and like focused on this one thing in our business and you get an external person to come in and just show you like there's so much more you could be looking mm. at. Like you have this little idea. <coughs> let me expand it for you. Let me show you how to like better maneuver it in a way uh, that works for your business. So yeah, the I've got, I think having a professional and like a more personal mentor is, is always a nice thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, one, one of the things I love about that is oftentimes I think entrepreneurs sort of negate the power of having a mentor, yeah. right? I think in the growth of your business. But when you sort of have that mentor, um, you know, and you have the sort of right mentor to plug into your business exactly. and they're able to help guide you in the right place. And how much of your mentor-mentee relationship is predicated on you driving that whole entire relationship? I mean, at the end of the day, it is your business. So you should be the one yeah. driving the conversation or the relationship. Um, sh I, I don't expect my mentor to run after me or follow me around. Mm. Uh, if I did, I don't know how far I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a lot of it, I will say, comes comes from me. Uh, but I mean, we meet weekly. So that's a weekly commitment that we've both made. Mm. Um, and then conversation-wise, I'll tell her what's going on in my business. Yeah. Uh, what I'm lacking, what I need, or what's going great, or what support I need. And then from that conversation, will she come in and say, okay, cool, this is what I'm seeing. And often she'll also be like, cool, I actually read this cool article and I was thinking about this, 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 and that for your business. So definitely goes both ways. But if you're not driving the relationship for your own business, then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. No, no, and I like that. But now just give me a picture, right? I mean when you sort of look at the growth of the business, right, in the next, I don't know, sorry to sound, uh, business manager, <laughs> DFI, we're about no. to approve your funding hey, loan yeah, and listen. we need to know what does the next five years look like for What's you. What's your five-year plan? <laughs> oh. You know, where would you like to, where would you like to take this, 
brand, right? Because you've got an amazing and a beautiful brand. A brand Thank I'd you. love to experience as well. Thank you. Yeah, I should have brought some, but I'll, I'll send you some. <laughs> um, next five years, sure. So one of my big passions is also skincare. So one thing I, I am venturing in, I've actually started um, kind of trialing already, is a range of skincare based mm. on tea. So, yeah, which is pretty cool. So, like, a chamomile kind of toner, um, a calming face wash type thing. So, those are the kinds of things I'm looking at, um, just bringing the two together. And then also another thing I'm looking at is, so, for me, tea is, is a way to relax and unwind. Um, it's always been that, like, you know, just have a cup of tea, chat with your girls, talk, and just, you know, forget about the world. So um, hopefully in the next five, ten years, I'll have my own kind of like a tea cafe um, that specializes in tea. Uh, different kinds of teas. Just how we have like coffee shops with baristas, there'll be like mm. tea baristas that mm. know exactly how to blend different types of teas, froth the right type of milk, almond milk for teas or oat milk, whatever it is. Um, and then have that be a place for people to unwind, no Wi-Fi in the restaurants. Um, just plug out. Just plug out. Yeah, Smart you can keep your spot. cell phone and like yeah. a little basket on yeah. the table, yeah. and just have tea, cake, little light eats, and, and chat. You know, to sort of latch on to a question I sort of asked you earlier on about you know the difficulties of being a woman and entrepreneur, right? I think you know what I always say is, and I think I said this on the podcast is, it's difficult being an entrepreneur. It's very difficult being a black entrepreneur. It's twice as hard being yeah. a female entrepreneur, right? And <clears throat> and I think in the spirit of sort of realness, right? Because there's a lot of amazing young women so out many. there with great ideas, so right? Yeah. But it's the, it's, it's the self-doubt, you know, that sort of creeps in. Yeah. It's the advice that they get. It's the amount of times that they keep going and they're pitching their ideas to men who just see them as, exactly. I'm sorry like to say, but as a sex object. Yeah. You know, it's like, exactly. um, I hear your amazing idea, but... Uh, I'm just trying to... Yeah, but I'm trying to, you know, what would your advice be to you know, these amazing ladies, right? In them trying to pursue their dreams and pursuing their goals. Yeah, I'd say first and foremost, find funding from like friends and family or self-fund yourself. I started with 3,000 Rand, a laptop and a cell phone. Of course, I already know that I'm privileged enough to have had that laptop and cell phone. But I mean, I didn't have a large amount to start with and I borrowed, yeah. I also had to borrow money. Um, so I feel like you're always going to feel like you're at someone's mercy when you have nothing. Mm. But when you have something, it's almost like, well, if you're not taking my product, I'll go to the next person. I know what it's worth. you know. So start with something small. Like I said, just start. Build your, your brand up or yourself up towards something noticeable. Even if it takes a bit longer, that's okay. That's part of the process. Um, and you will develop that confidence once you're developing and seeing like, oh my gosh, my brand is actually something. People are talking about my brand. People want to be a part of my brand. Eventually, people will come to you. You won't have to go to them anymore. Um, so yeah, that would truly be my advice. Nothing spectacular. Yeah, and you know, sometimes we go in with a plan, right? Yeah. And with a plan sometimes linked to timeline milestones, right? To say that in the next two years, this is going to happen. In the next five years, this is going to happen. How important is it to delay the gratification, right? To mm. put the time into the development of your business and to understand that, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Exactly. It's so important. I mean, some people are lucky. They can go one year and their business is huge and it's just booming 
and that's that's them and that's their journey but not everyone is the same i think just doing the groundwork also i i believe like it's for a reason if your business boomed it's because you were ready and if it didn't and you still have to do the groundwork it's because you're not ready there's still stuff you need to learn stuff you need to discover um and and like stuff that you need to build your confidence up to the level it needs to be as an entrepreneur because you need confidence you need to be able to knock on doors sell things uh pitch things you know you can't just you can't just expect everything to to work the way you want it to so just be patient i know mm. it sucks it mm. sucks so much especially when you see your peers maybe doing better than you but it is what it is if you're really passionate about it you won't quit yeah and i like that right i think that's that 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 large amount of sort of self confidence right but now just give me an idea right i mean here you are in this boardroom now you're pitching how did the first pitch ever go <gasps> Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh my word. So, actually went so well. Uh, my business was about 6 months old, 5 months old, and we pitched for the South African Innovation Summit. So, SA Innovation Summit. Um, for they had like this kind of like a small business um top 30 small businesses in South Africa. So, pitched for that and made it into the selection which was crazy because oh, wow. my business was like under 6 months old um but i guess they just saw something in the brand so they flew me down to cape town got to go to the summit and then pitched to a whole lot of investors now that was scary because <laughs> now it's like you're not just typing emails and filling in online mm. forms anymore now it's real now it's mm. real stuff and again i had that imposter syndrome i had like this trench coat on like <laughs> these heels definitely not me and of course i didn't win I didn't make it too bad though. Like I think I got in the top seven. I don't know, top ten somewhere there. Um, but I could just feel that this wasn't me, um, mm. and I was not ready. I thought I was ready. I did all the practice. I'm very much like a, a detailed person, so I practice a lot. I believe the more you practice, the better you'll be. Yeah. So I practiced. I practiced. I practiced. But <laughs> still, like I mean, my my pitch was smooth. Everything was well. But I feel like you could see it was rehearsed. Mm. It didn't feel like. me you know and i feel like an investor as you move on in business you realize an investor isn't looking for like beautiful words and and big grammar and a lovely smile they're looking for you the essence mm. of you what your business is about and why why your business um and honestly when they're investing in small businesses they're not investing in the business they're investing in you cuz mm. anything can happen with that business mm. like it's still so small it's still rocky so Yeah, that's how it went. Not too great. <laughs> <laughs> and then I mean, what was your, you know, what has been like your highest moment? You know, you know, I mean, obviously businesses are ever evolving and growing and you're still going to have way more high moments, but yeah. what was that moment where you sat there or moments where you sat there and felt like, wow, man. This is cool. This so, is really 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 cool. Hmm. I think I got two. So the first would be getting into the SAB program. Mm. So SAB um and Fatola have this program called Solowana and it's for kind of like small businesses across South Africa and there they help you with like advice, mentoring, um some funding which is obviously amazing. Workshops like it's it's very cool. Um you meet a lot of entrepreneurs as well so it's a lot of networking and and, mm. and business like things as well. Um so that's a huge one for me cuz I was like oh my word this is like I don't know how many tens of thousands of applications they get a year mm. and I was ex- like selected into the top 50 or 60 it is um so that was a huge moment for me and working with the the entire Tsolawana team has been incredible um another 
another big thing for me was getting into retail. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Man, if I had horns and bells. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What? So, yeah, I've got a few spas in um, Johannesburg to start. And actually, I was in Wellness Warehouse before as well. So, yeah, that was huge for me. Like, being mm. able to go to the shop and physically pick up your product mm. is amazing. Mm. Honestly, like, I must be honest, retail isn't everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's very difficult because once you're in, that, like, the, the work begins when you're in, honestly. Because mm. now you have to mm. sell. There's how many thousands of products in the shop. Like, so... Yeah, it's been it's been a challenge, but it's it's so rewarding, honestly. Yeah, Just yeah. knowing like your product is out there being seen, it's so cool. Now, I think I think as we sort of draw to a close, right? How, how do you keep abreast with, I guess, the latest innovations and trends, um, entrepreneurial gains? I think I read a lot. Um, my mentor, of course, helps me as well. My professional mentor, she's always sending me like articles to read and stuff like that. So that's one way. But I also do read. And because I'm so passionate about the space, I do want to read about it. Like for me, it's nice. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, let me see what's going on today in the <laughs> world, you know? <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, definitely reading. I, I'll say that's the biggest part, yeah. What then, on the back of that, what then is your, not even top book, but what, what what books would you recommend to anyone listening t- to this podcast? One or two or whichever ones, you know. Oh, okay. They don't so, have to be business books, but any book that would have touched you and inspired you in any way. Uh, I'll put two. One is called, everyone knows it, The Alchemist. Yeah. But it's just brilliant. Yeah. And you can read that Paolo, book in yeah. like different stages of your life and it will reveal a different meaning mm. which I think is so powerful and so beautiful and not many books can do that like mm. for me I, I can re- I read that book like every two years and I find something new from it every single year oh, um, wow. so it is incredible it's also got like good things to like uplift your confidence and just show you like different ways of life which is great um, second I'll say is what's it called women are from Venus men are from Mars yeah so good <laughs> so good and I think like also just as a female but males as well like especially in business you really learn how to speak to the opposite gender mm. I think that's something that can be so daunting honestly for females especially I think or maybe because I'm a female but it's it's always like oh my gosh where do I start like I don't want him to think I'm hitting on him like oh mm. I don't want him to get the wrong message mm. type thing so um, that book has really helped me also like communicate uh, more efficiently and more effectively and just also like just helps with like relationships all around mm. and I find it also helps um, just I don't want to say like keep you on the right track but you almost realize that oh snap because I've been communicating like this people are thinking of me like this mm. so yeah it's been really beneficial and just like my my thought processes so I'm listening to this podcast I love everything you've had to say where do I get the tea? How do I buy the tea? So you can find the tea at your local spa if you're in Joburg. Some, not all. So just find out if they have it. Um, and if not, they'll probably check for you, which do. Um, you can also find me online, tinktangtea.co.za. Uh, take a lot as well. Tink Tag Tea. Oh, nice. uh, so take a lot, by the way. You can just add it to your card, guys, and you'll get free shipping. So... <laughs> do you whatever you're buying on take a lot add ting tang there I promise you the reviews are great go read the, read the reviews and you'll like it um, other than that yeah I think that's that's pretty much it I'm on the Bryanston organic yeah. market as well a few yeah. little markets here and there but 
mainly online and spa. I like that. Parting words for entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs out there listening to this podcast? Ooh, parting words are, first of all, love what you do. I know it sounds so cheesy, but as soon as I found what I love, like what I loved, it feels like, it doesn't feel like work. Um, and also be, be patient. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be quick, um, but it's so worth it. And I think you'll start realizing when you see like others, maybe even making more money of you, but they're jealous of your life just because you have so much more free time. You're just on a, a better route. You're happier. You're more fulfilled in what you do. And that's, that's priceless. You can't put a price on, on your own peace and your own happiness. Yeah, that. that, ladies and gentlemen, is episode number 32 with Zanda Isaac Ting Tang. Uh, and you know what I loved your motto, right? Um, sip your way to a healthier Lifestyle. you. So, if you were listening to this podcast, you were sipping your way to a healthier you, exactly. a healthier business. Um, go out, check them out. If you, you know, this podcast is on all streaming platforms. You will read on, on the bio, on the blurb. It's got all the details on there, um, where and how you can order their products and buy their tea. Go out there, show them love and follow them on social media. And I appreciate you guys. See you guys next week. That's it for today. If you like that podcast, show us some love and share it with your network. Once again, follow us on all of our social media platforms. Hashtag join us for tea. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Shout out to Joe Public for making this possible. Remember, Sisonke Rikaufela and Foster Njengom Zegezege.